Matthew uh, chapter 6, then beginning with verse 5, hear the word of God. Jesus says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. When you pray, go to your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray it in like this. Father in heaven, let your name be kept holy. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, uh, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses, Jesus says. Um, uh, the grass withers and the flower fades, but Scripture says that the word of the Lord uh, lasts forever. Jesus says that we should pray, let your kingdom come. Uh, so tonight we're talking about the kingdom of God, and that's it's really one of the uh, largest, uh, if not the largest, uh, theme in all of Scripture. Many people would say that you could take, uh, take all of Scripture and sum it up under the theme of the kingdom of God. Uh, from, from God creating and showing his rule over chaos and nothingness, bringing it into existence, uh, through the fall, through redemption in Christ, and all the way to the consummation, can all be uh, subsumed under the theme of the kingdom of God. That doesn't necessarily help you because you probably don't think a lot about kings and, and kingdoms unless you're reading a lot of like medieval literature or something. That's, that's kind of not the, not the typical things that we're operating in, uh, you know, or if you're watching some, some TV shows about that kind of period like I am. But, but anyway, so we don't typically think in terms of our kings and kingdoms. And the, the focus isn't on like, when we're talking about a kingdom, it's not the, not the place so much. It's not, the focus isn't on location, but it's on rule. So the way that God rules, the spheres in which he rules and what he's doing, and the fact that God rules. Um, kind of like you might say uh, that FSU rules when it comes to football recruiting, because we just timed the number one football recruiting class, and I'm pretty excited about that. Um, <laughs> Um, and, and, but more so than that, or more so in the way that you would say maybe that your favorite band rules or whatever, uh, God rules, and he rules because he really is, is ruling and controlling all things, and he is uh, showing his agenda in the way that he wants things to be uh, through Christ. So as we come to talk about the kingdom, that's, that's the way we're understanding this focus on God's rule. And the question is, uh, who rules? Or as we come to, come to prayer, the question is, uh, who do you want to rule? Um, praying for the kingdom focuses, on, focuses us on who we want to rule. Who, who do you really want to run your life? Who do you want to be running uh, the world around you, other people's lives as you see affected and things going on in the world? Uh, because you know, do we really want to see God actively working out his agenda in our life? Do we want to see him actually working out his agenda in the world? Because 
Oftentimes we don't. Oftentimes we're not what we're, what we're praying or what we're thinking. And Jesus says this is what should be our focus as we come to God in prayer as our Father. I mean, why would we pray, let your kingdom come to God? Right? Because most of the time, I think a lot of the ways that we pray, and a lot of the ways that I pray sometimes, is, is much more, let my kingdom come. God, here's the way I want things to go. Here's the rule that I want to have happen for my life to go well, for me to have victory and success and glory and honor, right? Uh, here's, here's my plan for my kingdom to happen. These are things I, I want. Um, so you can only pray, let your kingdom come, like up our own kingdom. Uh, but hopefully as we begin to look at this theme of God's kingdom, uh, hopefully you'll begin to look at it as, as God rules. Uh, with an excitement and longing for his kingdom, the way that he works it, that that's what we want to see uh, happen. Uh, God's kingdom uh, is what we long for, what we want, uh, what he's bringing about. And it's a better kingdom than what we could create, and it's a better kingdom than just the world, the way that we experience it. Uh, our first point, we just want to keep track of things with notes or whatever, is that it's a better kingdom. Uh, it's better than what we currently experience for in ourselves or, or in the world. Um, we have a desire, right, as we, as we go through life, as we look at things, we have a desire for things to, to run differently, uh, to, to be ruled uh, better. Um, just maybe just a fun example. Uh, you know, there's, there's, a, uh, there's kind of a war going on between the Florida State Parks and, and Disney and all the theme parks. Like the state parks and the theme parks are, are warring. It's not like a, no one's shooting one another. It's all right. You know, and there's no blood being, being shed. Um, but if you go into, if you drive into any of the state parks, you know the signs you see? What does it say? The real Florida, right? The real, and it's implying about all the theme parks, not only that they're not the real Florida, but they're fake. That's what they are. So even if you love Disney World, um, I've had a lot of fun at Disney. I had fun on a, on a Disney cruise. I'm not the biggest uh, fan of Disney. Um, but, but there's this, this, uh, this theme park versus state park uh, at war. And, but I want to bring it in, to, in terms of like how those things are run, how those things are ruled. And you may, I'm really more of a fan of the, of the state parks and the theme parks. But um, you go to Disney, and whether you like it or, or, or not such a fan, is run well. Um, I mean, you're standing in lines, but you can still go and get the fast pass, which is not exactly fast, but it means you only have to wait in a normal-sized line later, and you can come back, you know, however long. And, and like, their customer service, they're efficient, they're there for as many people as come through in, like, hot months, like, sweating, and they can still come out kind of happy. I mean, they, they know what they're doing. They, they're getting it done, right? Um, I kind of enjoy the natural beauty of Florida caverns a little bit more, but uh, if you've ever taken a trip over there, or if you do take a trip over there, be warned. It's not exactly ruled well. It's not run uh, well or efficiently. Um, you, you drive into the, into the park, and, uh, and they tell you as you pay your entrance fee to get in uh, how, many, you know, how many more hours until the next tour is. You've like driven over there, and then they've got a tour like three hours later that will start. Right? Um, so, so we went over there one time, we were like, okay, well, we've got plenty of time to do some other things. Went and got lunch. While we were getting lunch, there were some other people getting lunch who hadn't gone to the park yet, but were planning to go. And I uh, heard them talking. They ate lunch. 
went back over, and by the time they went over to the park, like the tickets were already sold out for the rest of that day, right? It's like all these people that want to come into the park, but the park isn't even can run efficiently enough for people to to get in and do it. Um, it's not it's not run very well. It's not, and, it, and if you if you love the Florida State Parks in real Florida, uh, you want for them to be run differently. You want for them to be run uh, better for people to see. Uh, it's just the real Florida. It's not fake. It's not fake. <laughs> Alright, talk about God's kingdom, a better, a better kingdom. And, and if we're praying, let your kingdom come, then you realize that statement implies a certain level of discontent, right? You be discontent if you're waiting in, in lines for things or not able to get in. It implies a certain level of, of discontent. Okay, I'll, I'll relate to discontent uh, in life, right? Uh, things that you're going through. And I want to be clear, I don't mean like a discontent because the... The TV size uh, that, you're, that you've got or because your cable company isn't going to be giving you the full level of HD by the time that the Super Bowl uh, gets here this weekend um, or because uh, just discontent because you don't have a car, because you don't have a cool enough car or the car that you want or that you can't have all the stuff that you want when you want it. It's not kind of discontent um, that, we're, that we're talking about, but more a discontent with the broken state of the world. Um, ourselves included, that there's, that there's reasons for tears of deep sorrow over hurt and pain from tragedy and failures. And, and whether for you, as you think about that, uh, that draws up all kind of personal things, or, or whether for you, you think about other country and then starvation that's there, or oppression, um, or uh, the things going on in other nations, or it makes you think of broader things in our country, of depression, or anorexia, or manipulation, or, or greed that we see here. Um, there's, a, there's reasons for discontent, and it's, and it's not as okay for you to just sit on your couch uh, complacently, apathetically, uncaring. It's not okay for us to just try to try to block out the discontentment because we'd rather not think about it, or or just hey, if I can find my own way through it, it's not great for everyone, but I can I think I can make it. Um, should be discontent with the full uh, tragedy of the world and self, uh, even that causes us to look outside of our health uh, ourselves for some kind of help uh, that would cause us to pray, uh, "Your kingdom come." Lord, cause your rule to come to bear on the events in my life and the world that we live in. Discontent that looks to Jesus uh, the, as, as the Christ, as the king who's come uh, initiating this kingdom, the, the king that brings God's rule to full effect. That's generally when things go, go wrong, how do we react, right? Like things start, start messing up and what we want is just to take hold of it, right? Be able to get the reins, get control, uh, so we can deal with it. If you want something done right, uh, you, you've got to do it yourself. Whether it's you know, bad grades or stuff going on in school or roommate conflicts because someone keeps leaving out the dishes and doesn't do it enough or, or like real personal troubles, family troubles. Um, we wish that we could just take it in our hands or take certain people in our hands and, and get them to do it right or get the situation to go right. Um, right In ministry, I wish I could just like take the campus and get it to go a, a different direction. Uh, that I think would be right of, of people pursuing God. Um, but have you ever, like, have you ever done things yourself? Like you take a big project like that and you say, okay, maybe not at that level, but you take a project and you say, okay, I'm going to get this done. Um, how's it turn out? 
trying to get stuff done ourselves and like you can't always trust yourself. Um, the gap between what we can imagine ourselves doing and what we actually can do is kind of like a big one, right? Uh, Scott and I went bowling and I can like, I can imagine how the, how the ball is going to go down and like I can see it hitting all the pins and then sometimes it's, it's, really, it's really not. You know? um, we can just, just be missing those things. Um, and so especially when it comes to, to big things of like about world problems and you're, you're just one person. What can you do? Or when it comes to your, to your own issues and struggles, how can, how can you be the one that deals with yourself? We need to look outside of ourselves uh, for more of things really changing. A uh, better kingdom can't come just from you. Um, you, you can't bring it. And, and that's okay because you're not, you're not supposed to be the Messiah. God sent his king. He sent his Messiah in Jesus. It's good to have a desire and to be working for things, uh, but to recognize the need for more, that, that even as you work, your prayer is, Lord, let your kingdom come. Uh, let me be working with the agenda of your kingdom that you be using me in this. Uh, but what we're dealing with in the present uh, kingdom as well, beyond ourselves. Um, right, scripture describes... Uh, describes our current world, our current life situation or whatever, as even being a Satan's kingdom, right? Uh, it describes it that way. Uh, that Satan is still subject to God, right? We see that in Job. Uh, Satan's coming up to God, and, and he's, he has to ask God for permission to do anything uh, with Job, right? But he also asks, uh, God also asks him, where have you been? He says, I've been walking to and fro back on the earth, which is an expression to say, I've been going around my territory and seeing how things are going. The scripture describes the earth as Satan's place of rule, as, as his territory, uh, in a sense. Um, Ephesians 2, he uses some of that language describing the course of this world uh, being ruled by the prince of the power of the air, which is a, a term she's using to refer to Satan. Uh, Jesus, in Matthew 12, uh, right, talks about a kingdom divided against itself can't stand. And he says, so if Satan is casting out uh, Satan, how will his kingdom stand? Um, there's implying that Satan's kingdom uh, is here, filled with lies, filled with scheming. That's what we see in the world, um, because Satan is the father of lies. So it's a broken world, but it's not just a broken world. It's also, it's also a world in rebellion, uh, rebellion against God, um, throwing, throwing God off. The Psalms where it talks about uh, saying, God does not see the things that are going on. Uh, there won't be any punishment. So we can read the news of rape and murder and war and scandal and cheating, um, uh, suicide, greed, backstabbing, selfishness that we see around us um, in Satan's kingdom. And, and all that Satan's able to offer everything in the world that looks good, it's, it's empty deception. Um, desires that, that are never fully satisfied. And you, you realize, like, in, in our culture, how much we're offered, right, consumeristic culture and all this. So, like, how much we're, we're offered uh, all the time of uh, things that we think will, will, will make us happy, um, things that we want, whether, whether that's things like money or, or, or sexual release or, or escape, whether through, whether through drugs and getting high or just watching movies and entertainment. Uh, and we go after those things, and then it's not really enough. 
Oh, we need more. We need something else. Or, or what is it that you look at in terms of having a stable family, uh, having a good job, having moral uh, values and behavior, and still begin to get those things, and it's, it's not enough. You're still, you're still loved. There's not that satisfaction, not that fulfillment. You're looking for more. Um, constant seeking for something that we're, that we're not finding. Uh, just in the world that way, because it's all all those things that were that were offered are offered with the empty uh, promises of satanic lies. Um, the world's left uh, not only broken and rebellious, um, but but false. We're we're living a kingdom of lies, where we're just trying to trade one lie for another. Oftentimes, all right, but it's into that messed up situation uh, that God sends a king to make it right. God sends his son, sends Christ as a king, uh, entering the mess to make it right. And he takes all his problems on himself. And in his death, uh, he dealt uh, Satan's kingdom a mortal blow um, through his own death and condemnation. And then Psalm 2 uh, says, it says uh, God speaking and saying, uh, Jesus, I've set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I just want to say, you are my son. I will make the ends of the earth your possession. So, so into all the, the brokenness and mess and the problems, Christ enters uh, to make things right, to take all the problems on himself, but then to be raised up, uh, pronounced a king, and everything to come under his feet uh, and his death and his resurrection and his ascension. So Jesus then uh, shines light into the darkness and calls people out of the kingdom of darkness into his uh, marvelous light, into the kingdom that he's bringing, uh, into the light so we can see more of the character of the kingdom that he brings and how it's better, how it's what we long for, what we need. Uh, so we pray uh, for a better kingdom to come in Christ. But not only a, a better kingdom, uh, but a beautiful kingdom, uh, if you will, in the second point. Uh, the, the character of the kingdom that Christ brings is a, is a beautiful kingdom. Uh, right? When something's beautiful, you, you like, don't just need the light to see it. You want the light to see it. Um, you need the light to see uh, that the kingdom that Christ brings is, is appealing, uh, that it's attractive uh, to us, that it's something that we really desire um, even though at the same time the kingdom that Christ brings isn't what we expect. Um, I think that sometimes things are, are more beautiful upside down. Everyone knows that? Uh, may not agree with me. I think sometimes things are, things are more beautiful uh, upside down. Maybe I'm just weird. I am, but um, I think the world would be awesome if it was upside down, right? Like one of those scenes from Inception where like they had been the city, you know, all the way over and then like all those people were upside down and they're looking at you and you'd be upside down. I think it's awesome. Um, all right. When I was... Uh, uh, when I was back in middle school, I was a skateboarder, right? I was a skater. I had all, like, all my spare time, I was over in the bank parking lot, riding my board around. Yeah, I had to, like, skater cut, you know, trying to ollie over the little thing in the middle and do the grinds and then all this different stuff. Um, like, that's, that's what I did. And so when I wasn't doing that, and I'm sitting around the house or someplace else, I would just be sitting there looking up at the ceiling. I still do it sometimes. And I would sit there, I'd look at the ceiling, and I'd just think... Gee, it would be awesome if it was upside down. 
and we could skate on the ceiling, right? I was sitting up there, you know, you're looking around, like the stuff you could slide around, you'd have to jump over all the lights, and then all the doorways, you know? Like the doors that you'd have to, like, you'd get from one room to another, you'd have to, like, ollie over it, or, you know, like, jump up and off it on your board. Um, yeah, I don't think about those kind of things. That's what I think about all the time. I, th I think it's wonderful. Um, I think it would be awesome uh, for the world to be, to be upside down. Um, well, God's kingdom often seems upside down uh, to us. And it's still more beautiful because of the way it seems upside down. Now you don't actually get to skate on the ceiling. Uh, everything still feels, feels turned around. Um, but in a lot of ways, God's kingdom feels upside down to us. Uh, Martin Luther in the Reformation talked about it as the theology of the cross. Theology of the cross that turns everything uh, on its head. Right? Because, because what's victory look like in God's kingdom? It looks like a king coming and does he, does he take up the sword or take out the powerful gun and like get rid of all... It, it looks like the king coming and suffering and being hurt and rejected and tried for, for crimes and condemned and nailed to a wooden cross until he can't breathe anymore. And he dies. And it's in Christ's death that we have our victory. It's upside down. The, the greatest tragedy of all human history becomes salvation, the greatest victory, the greatest thing for us to rejoice in. The theology of the cross Luther talked about. Um, and, and, and so it comes out that way for his followers too, right? The glory for, for those who are following Jesus, glory only comes through suffering. Uh, but we don't just aim for our glory and our power and, and things coming our way. We, we aim to follow Christ. Take up your cross daily and follow me, he says. Glory comes through suffering. And that can be, that can be kind of confusing to us. I feel like the world's upside down. Wait, we're trying to go, oh, we're trying to go. How, how, how does this work, right? Well, it feels confusing to you. You're in good company. Um, John the Baptist seemed a little bit confusing to him. If you flip over a couple chapters in Matthew, Matthew uh, 11, uh, uh, John sends mess. John's in prison, right? But he hears about things that are going on. He sends messengers uh, to Jesus to ask him, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Like, is Jonathan prison? Like, if, the, if he's the one, John's the one who's supposed to come, like, prepare the way for the Messiah, and he's in prison, and Jesus is really the Messiah, the King, who's going to come and restore everything and make it right, like, uh, like are you going to come bust me out here soon? Um, are you the one who's to come, or... Are we supposed to look for another? How's this kingdom work? It, it, it doesn't feel right. It seems to slow down. Um, this is how Jesus answers them. Um, and, and here you see how beautiful it is. It's really kind of upside down, too, because this is what Jesus said. Um, Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind, upside down, receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them. Blessed is the one who's not offended by me, Jesus says. And all this kind of flips upside down a little bit. The beauty that the poor who, who haven't known any good news, now good news is never. The lame have only been able to 
like sit, lie down, or be carried. Uh, and now that you're running and jumping for joy because they've met uh, this king who turns it upside down or right side up for them if it's been upside down. Um, or more things of it, of it being uh, upside down, if you will, statements from Jesus. So things like, uh, many who are first, be last. And the last first. Wait, wait, wait. You're first, you're last. If you're first, you're not last. You're first, right? Kingdom's upside down. Uh, those who are well have no need of a physician, but it's the sick, Jesus says, and it's the sick that he came for. And so Jesus, the, the, the righteous Messiah, says that he has come right after that. He says, I've come not to call the righteous, but I've come to, to call sinners to myself. All right, here's the righteous God coming to people who, are, uh, who have offended him, uh, who have uh, sinned against him. Uh, Jesus says, uh, the Son of Man, uh, speaking about himself, says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Um, that's upside down. Right? Like, like the king, when the, when the king comes, like he tells you what to do, uh, he is powerful, and so you become his servant, and everything goes from there. And, and Jesus says, I've come not to be served, but I've come to serve, give my life as a ransom uh, for my people. Um, uh, maybe that last that, that statement can help you see the beauty of it. Um, a king serving those around him, not just acquiring servants, uh, but looking for their uh, goods, supplying all of their needs from, uh, from his wealth, from his riches, from his power, from, from his life in relationship with God. Uh, he becomes condemned from God. Right? My God, my God, why have you rejected me? Um, so that we can be restored to God in him. Um, the beauty of the, the picture of Jesus as a son of God, right, washing the feet of his disciples, washing the feet of his friends. A king who cares for the poor, for the oppressed, for the needy, for the blind, for the lame, for the sick. Uh, a perfect, righteous king, loving the sinful, rebellious uh, uh, rebels in his kingdom. Right? He loves the rebels in his kingdom, loving and giving his life for them so that they can be restored to him, restored into the kingdom. Uh, or a right place in the kingdom. See, uh, <coughs> whether you see it's upside down or not, you see that it's weird, but I want you to see that in that upside downness, it's, it's beautiful. Our, our hope rests in that upside downness, if you will. Um, it, if we had to be, uh, if we had to be good enough, what hope would there be? Um, it, it, <coughs> um, if the kingdom was just for those who could make it, we'd be left off to the side. Um, if the kingdom was for the strong or for the powerful or for the rich or for the wealthy or the influential, who fits in? Uh, what happens to, to a lot of us? And, and I think those kind of fears uh, expressed in those statements are the, are the substance of, of half of our like, emotional crises, right? Of, of feeling like, how's it going to go for me? Because I'm not good enough. I don't have enough influence. I'm not beautiful and attractive enough. Um, I'm not strong enough. I don't have enough stuff. I don't have enough smarts. I don't have enough wherewithal to, to get these things to go the way that I thought that they needed to go. The kingdom's upside down. That means Christ as the king has become for you. Um, 
<coughs> Christ's kingdom is a place where the ugly, if you will, are made beautiful. Um, Christ runs things different. Uh, he runs them better. He runs a more beautiful kingdom. Uh, as Paul puts it, uh, when I'm weak, it wasn't that Paul liked being weak, right? He's, he's prayed and prayed for God to take away this thorn in the flesh. He said, but then he says, so, so it is, God's answering me in this way, and this is how it works out. When I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. It's upside down. Or Jesus, if you want to go just a chapter earlier uh, in Matthew 5, right, in the Beatitudes, blessed are who? Blessed are the rich and famous and influential and powerful who can make the world work for them. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the sad who are just crying because everything hurts. There's some more, right? Uh, blessed are the meek who are hungry and thirsty uh, for righteousness and obedience that they don't have. Uh, Christ's kingdom is a place where the ugly are made beautiful, where things are turned beautifully upside down. Maybe you want to skate on the ceiling and you think that's weird. Maybe you still want to say um, that, uh, that most things are more beautiful when they're right side up. Okay, you're right. You're right. Most things are, are more beautiful when they're, when they're right side up. Um, but understand this, if you want to look at it that way. God's kingdom is what's actually right side up. And everything else we experience is upside down. Um, and the way that we think about what things should be like is upside down. Uh, you know, like psychology, they tell you about in the psychology class or experiment, like if you wear these glasses that turn the world upside down to your brain, and like after you wear those for long enough, you're, it's what the book says, I think it's weird, but if you wear those long enough, it turns the image upside down that your brain will automatically correct it. Anyone right there? What concern? What have not, right? I want to kind of wear that. No, I really don't. Um, uh, and then it's, it's, your mind has adjusted to it, so everything being upside down, you've, you've flipped around so it seems right to you. That's us in the present world. That's us in the kingdom, the way that we're looking at it. Um, if Christ comes and pulls those, pulls those glasses off, we're like, whoa, what did you do? You messed with everything. Um, but then we begin to see its beauty. Uh, um, it seems all messed up to us, but that's the way it should be run. That's the beautiful way uh, for it to be uh, run. We've gotten used to the upside downness of the broken world, but God's kingdom is right. Um, this is the kingdom he's brought in his son, uh, and, and the, the fullness of it is coming. And so we pray for a more beautiful kingdom uh, than what we experience, a more beautiful kingdom in Christ that could even make us uh, more beautiful. For a, a better kingdom, a beautiful kingdom, uh, and if you will, a blessed kingdom. Because it's a, it's a kingdom that's begun in Christ. As Christ has come and as its king, that kingdom has been, has been inaugurated. That kingdom has gotten going, but it's not yet come in its fullness. Uh, its king has come, he's initiated, he's started, he's, he's turned everything upside down in the most beautiful uh, way, but we're still waiting for, that, for him to return, waiting for him to come back and bring uh, the kingdom and the fullness of blessing when he returns. Um, so, blessed kingdom really is just there because it's a B to fit with the other words, with the ideas is of a future complete uh, kingdom. Because um, it's, it's only when Christ returns uh, with the fullness of his kingdom that, that all the benefits, all the blessings of the kingdom can, can fully be enjoyed. Which is why Jesus tells us to pray for it to come. 
I pray for that to come, that we begin to see it working out more now, and we're praying for its fullness. We've been praying for him to return. Um, just briefly to remind you or encourage you um, that it's going to be good, uh, because God rules, and God rules uh, well. You've got lots of unfulfilled desires, uh, things, things you want that you're, that you're not seeing met, things that you've prayed for and you haven't seen answered. You've got many, many struggles. Um, and Paul says in Romans, as we, as we look down to the glory of the kingdom that's to come, he says the present sufferings, and Paul knew a lot of them, present sufferings aren't worth being compared to the glory that's to be revealed. First uh, Peter says that we have an inheritance that's stored up for us, that can't fade, that's undefiled, that's reserved, <coughs> reserved for you in heaven. Um, <coughs> And it's only in that, as, as our king returns, those desires get to find their fulfillment, get to find their satisfaction in the reality of what he brings. Uh, because it's then that we'll get to see the glory of the king. And we'll get to see Christ uh, in the fullness of his glory. Uh, and scripture says that we'll become like him, we'll be made like him, because we will see him as he is. And the kingdom that's to come with all its blessing, Revelation says, uh, our king will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Uh, neither shall it be mourning, nor crying, nor any pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. That's the blessed kingdom in Christ will return to bring. It's what we should long for, what we should pray for. So the question is, you, as you come to God in, in prayer, as you, as you think about these things, do you think that God rules? Do you want God to rule? Do you want God to rule in you and all around you? But Jesus says, pray like this. Let your kingdom Oh God, come. As we pray to God as our Father for His kingdom to come, well, I can tell you this. He answers that prayer. Uh, and there will be ways that we get to see it uh, being, being put in effect now, uh, but also the fullness of it that we're longing for it to come. But to pray, let your kingdom come, you've got to give up your desire for your own kingdom in order to find a better one. Uh, you have to realize your own ugliness to see the appeal of the beautiful kingdom. You've got to reject the lies of fulfillment now to receive the fulfillment of every blessing in the kingdom to come. But our God, the God that Jesus speaks of as his Father and our Father, our God is a God who rules, uh, who rules in Christ and his kingdom comes. And his kingdom should be exactly what we long to pray for.